Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. All right. Hello. 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 It's a good afternoon today. Yes. Yeah, it's one of the first times we've done an afternoon version. My morning just didn't allow for a morning podcast or really anything else, so thanks for flexing That's with me. That's okay. We, we got it. Yeah. We got it. Yeah. So, so we'll dive right in. This is going to be yeah. pretty, pretty quick to the point, I think, but it's a really important good. topic. So like the title says, we're talking about carpal tunnel syndrome, yes, mm-hmm. but the real thing we're going to talk about today is energy. Ah. Energy okay. delivery, energy dosing. How do you use your laser to the best effect? And it is going to be talking about, we're talking about a study on carpal tunnel syndrome, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a really fascinating study that directly head-to-head compared low-level, low-fluence versus high-intensity, low and high-fluence. It, it's a it's a great kind of uh, comparison of Good. the effects of both class 3 and class 4 lasers um, in terms of at least carpal tunnel syndrome. Not other syndromes necessarily, but it, it gives us some insight into how these laser dosing mechanisms work. So Mm -hmm. before I go any further, my name is Jason Roundtree. I'm a chiropractor and certified medical laser safety officer. I am the founder of Laser Therapy Institute, which trains providers in the proper use of laser therapy devices. If you want to know more, go to our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org. Lots of information. Lots of information. Lots of free tools as well. You could get those Mm -hmm. downloaded, start enhancing your laser practice today. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. Everything's good free. Yeah. I mean, everybody likes free stuff. Yeah. But then sometimes you have to pay. Well, there are some things that we do charge for. Absolutely. Personalized coaching, custom settings. Most of the protocols that we have Mm -hmm. do, they, I mean, they require some level of extra education. So they are something that you can pay for. But you could sign up for and go ahead and take courses that we have available right now, like Mm -hmm. neuropathy, sports med, spinal conditions. Mm -hmm. That comes with custom settings. It comes with protocols for those conditions. Uh, And it's all online. So you can do it whenever you want to. There's a ton of great info on there. And that's in addition to all the free stuff we already offer. So if you haven't checked us out yet, Mm -hmm. you need to. You need to. Yeah. I'm joined today by Christy. Christy is a certified laser therapy technician. She's delivered a ton of laser treatments over the years, and she's currently the developer and head honcho of our <laughs> online learning materials. So I change it up a little bit each time. You do. Just to make it sound cool. <laughs> but uh, let's, let's go ahead and get into it. So uh, I'm going to give you the reference uh, that we're talking about today. This study uh, came out in uh, 2019, and it's mm-hmm. titled, A Comparative Dose of the Dose Depend... I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me restart that. A Comparative Study of the dose-dependent effects of low-level and high-intensity photobiomodulation, laser therapy, on pain and electrophysiological parameters in patients with carpal tunnel syndrome. We're going to get into most of that here in a minute, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's a very, very long title. The nice thing with this particular study is it is open access. So we'll drop the link to the study. You can read the entire thing. You can see the diagrams. You can look at the information Mm -hmm. for yourself. I'm just going to try and bring you some of the really interesting things that you should be able to use as a clinician, if you're a laser therapy clinician, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in terms of selecting the right laser equipment and the right dosing, at least for nerve injury, mononeuropathy patients like carpal tunnel syndrome patients. So let's just set the the scene here though. We're really gonna be talking ultimately about energy. 
light is a form of energy. Mm-hmm. If you want to stimulate a positive change in a biological system, you have to have energy used and energy created. Mm-hmm. When it comes to laser therapy, we're talking about delivering energy, light energy, in a way that it stimulates mechanical and thermal and chemical energy changes within the cells in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And so we have to have a way to mer- to kind of manage and measure energy dosing. Right. And we use the term joules mm-hmm. to represent a packet of energy, basically. Mm-hmm. And then we have to know how large of an area we're, we are applying this energy to in order to figure out the intensity, the total energy being delivered. So we, we do this in terms of joules per centimeter squared. Do you have to be a mathematician to figure this out? Thankfully, no, because I'm terrible <laughs> with the math. So it's just as simple as taking the, the joules that right. you are delivering over treatment and figuring out how many square centimeters you're applying those joules to, and that mm-hmm. gives you the joules per centimeter squared. It's the, it's the most common way of measuring energy in light therapy, um, and some cosmetic laser treatments as well use joules per centimeter squared. Mm-hmm. Uh, hair removal a lot of times will happen at about 50 joules per centimeter squared with the proper intensity to actually burn the hair follicle. And of course, that's not what we're talking about when we're talking no. about laser therapy. Right. Laser therapy is, is a therapeutic effect. Mm-hmm. And so the the energy measurement here, the joules per centimeter squared, you know, is, is what we're going to refer to for how much energy is being delivered. Now, it does say laser therapy, and these researchers in this study did use lasers, but you can deliver light however you want. You can use a light bulb. You can use an LED device, right? Um, There are other factors here, but energy is energy. Light Mm -hmm. is light. It doesn't Mm -hmm. care where it comes from. Now, it might behave differently. It might be a different color based on its source. Mm -hmm. Or wavelength. Yep, wavelength. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (coughs) But ultimately, it's just energy. So we're going to try and just keep this in terms of energy. How much energy do we need to deliver to produce good tissue effects? Is one joule per centimeter squared enough, or do we have to be at 50? You know, and then how intense should this energy delivery be? Mm-hmm. So that's basically how bright does the light need to be in order to deliver these tissue effects. Those are the two factors, how much energy and how intense. Okay. Okay. Now, I already mentioned laser hair removal, laser hair reduction, laser epilation, as it's called. And if nice you job. have a, <laughs> if you have the right wavelength of laser, at the right energy density, you know, mm-hmm. say around fifty joules per centimeter squared, sometimes more, and you have it at a very very high intensity, then what happens is the hair follicle, being darker than the surrounding skin, soaks up the light, and you get a very thermal, uh, a photothermolysis effect. Mm-hmm. That that you superheat that bulb, that hair bulb, and it fries the follicle, and then not not the tissues around it. Just the follicle. Just the follicle, because mm-hmm. it's a dark hair, so it's soaking mm-hmm. up more of the light. Mm-hmm. So that's on the kind of destructive end, right? Mm-hmm. We're using selective destruction in that case. Mm-hmm. Works amazingly well. Mm-hmm. But on the therapy end, we're not targeting a hair follicle, right? No. We're actually targeting parts in the cell. Right. Mitochondria, specifically cytochrome C oxidase, but also circulation, hemoglobin, water, those are all targets for laser therapy. We want to do it at an intensity where we can make a change and also at a dose delivery where we can make a change. What does that look like? Right. Okay. Right. This is where it gets really confusing because a lot of the like laser therapy device manufacturers 
or LED device manufacturers, they will they will say, oh, well, you, you don't want to have really high power because it's going to cause burns. Or, oh, well, you don't want to have really low power because it won't penetrate. So these guys just said, okay, let, let's just let's just put this stuff head to head. Let's do a 50 milliwatt laser versus a 1.6 watt laser, right? So very, 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 very small spot size 50 milliwatt laser versus a larger spot size 1.6 watt laser. The 50 milliwatt laser is at 860 nanometers. The 1.6 watt laser was at 808 nanometers. They're fairly close, about 50, mm-hmm. mil, uh, mm-hmm. 50 nanometers apart. So small difference, but not a huge difference. The main difference here is the intensity. Mm-hmm. right the 1.6 watt laser is going to deliver a higher intensity right so the next question then if we got that intensity difference is how many joules should we be delivering what's the total energy that we should be putting in and the data on carpal tunnel syndrome with laser therapy studies is pretty conflicted there's some with very little total energy there's some with tons of total energy so it can be difficult to kind of figure out you know, what level's going to be best. Mm-hmm. Some of the studies show positive benefits, some don't. So what these guys did, they said, all right, we're going to take this this 50 milliwatt laser and we're going to apply a dosage of 8 joules per centimeter squared and we're going to apply, for this one group, and we're going to apply a different dosage of 20 joules per centimeter squared in another group. Same so, laser. Or same laser. Right. Just more time. Mm-hmm. Same, same power level, mm-hmm. just more time. Because the right. longer you apply the laser, the higher the dosage goes. Right. Right. So they did the same thing with the higher intensity laser. They said, okay, let's try eight joules per centimeter squared. Let's try 20 joules per centimeter squared. See what happens. So they basically had these four groups, 90 total subjects plus a control group for this study. So pretty great, double blinded the whole bit. Um, So five total groups, all five groups got some basic home exercises. So that's all the control group did. You had one group with the low level laser got the low fluence, the eight joules, and the low level laser with the higher fluence, the 20 joules per centimeter squared. And then you had the high intensity laser with the same distribution, eight or 20. Mm -hmm. So four different experimental groups to compare. Pretty darn good comparison. Yeah. Normally there's not that many groups Mm -mm. in, in different you know multiple settings right to to work with yeah so. most of the studies out there do you know a an experimental group a control group one single type of laser one single type of setting right so this is exciting yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good so they, they went ahead and they took these different groups they applied laser every day for two weeks total of 10 treatments so five days a week not mm-hmm. every day i guess but you know five days a week mm-hmm. did it for two weeks and then they did a follow-up three weeks later and they okay. measured before and after, not only pain, but also EMG performance. So how well the nerve was transmitting information, right? Now, is the time the same for each um, group? That's a good question. No. So the only way to deliver more energy without changing the power level is to do it for longer time Mm -hmm. um, or do a smaller area, actually. If you do a very, very tiny area, you can deliver, you know, a large fluence to that small area. But if you do a larger area... Mm-hmm. is more difficult so um for the 50 milliwatt laser they applied that laser for either 32 or 76 seconds at each point that got them to the either 8 or 20 joules per square centimeter with the higher intensity laser it was very very similar either 100 or 250 seconds they were treating a larger area though because you had to do a scanning motion with mm-hmm. that laser handpiece because you said points 
On the first group. Right. So it's how many? held. Okay. Um, so uh, definitely a time difference to get that difference in setting, but yet keep the intensity of the light, the brightness of the light, the same mm -hmm. for those groups, right? So comparing the benefits, every single group did get better. Even the control group that was doing basic um, home exercise stuff, they did get better, a little bit better, not a ton. Mm -hmm. But they conclude that the results of this study demonstrate that laser therapy not only reduces pain, but also changes the electrophysiological parameters of the median nerve in carpal tunnel syndrome. However, changes in pain, motor nerve latency, and amplitude in the high-intensity laser group with the lower fluence demonstrated greater improvement than other treatment groups. So out of the control, low intensity at eight joules, low intensity at 20 joules per centimeter squared, high intensity at eight joules per centimeter squared, and high intensity at 20 joules per centimeter squared, the one that won out mm -hmm. of that, that, that four-way competition was the high intensity laser mm -hmm. with the lower total the lower dose, total. the eight joules per centimeter squared, even though they all got better, okay? Mm -hmm. so. That's kind of your answer there, really, that the high-intensity laser is probably going to do better mm -hmm. because it outperformed the low-intensity laser, even at the same total energy. Right. Because the greater intensity evidently delivered more effects. Um, they say the high-power, low-fluence laser therapy resulted in the greatest therapeutic effects, not only on pain, but then also on nerve performance. They concluded that anatomical variations in nerve distribution, as well as the lack of transferred energy to the nerve due to soft tissue blockage, are the main reasons for failure of treatment using lower dosages of laser therapy. Now, the interesting thing here is they used some fairly low doses. Eight joules per centimeter squared is, is right in that typical window mm -hmm. of what we often see. But they could have gone a lot higher, and they did go higher, you know, and they right. still got good results with that. So there's a large window here where you should be able to help patients even if it's not perfect, mm -hmm. even if you have a low intensity laser, as long as you're hitting these dosage, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood, mm -hmm. that's good. But if you're down at like one joule, you're probably outside the bounds. If you're at 40 joules, you're also probably outside the bounds. Mm -hmm. If you're in this, you know, even five to 20 range, you're probably in pretty good shape, especially if you can cover a large area because mm -hmm. then you're dealing with this anatomical variant situation you know if the nerve runs instead of right where you expect mm -hmm. it to if it's just off or you have mm -hmm. a bifid median ner nerve which i've seen on ultrasounds mm -hmm. you know you might be missing part of it that's why the wider area is better because it just it gets more of it exactly you, know, you have more chance to target the area you're after right uh, yeah because so. unless you're actively ultrasounding mm -hmm. the region or if you have x-ray vision which would be cool <laughs> you know cool. then you, you just don't know you can you mm -hmm. can think you're in the right area when, mm -hmm. when it comes to trying to target a nerve but it's much easier to take a big spot size high intensity laser mm -hmm. and just be able to blast the whole thing mm -hmm. because you're not going to miss it now this is actually repairing the nerve too that's exactly what they saw yes yeah. not only dealing with pain um, and the, the sensitivity changes, but mm -hmm. actually getting the nerve repaired in a way that it transmits those signals faster, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which is the nerve's job is to transmit right. signals quickly. Right. So the takeaway here is that, you know, if you have a high intensity laser, more is not always better. Eight joules versus mm -hmm. 20 joules per centimeter squared, and the eight joule range actually performed better than the mm -hmm. 20. Mm -hmm. But the higher intensity lasers probably are gonna get better results. 
you can still get results with the lower intensity it just is going to take longer right it's going to take longer you might not get the same repair effects they mm-hmm. noticed that that they did have you know pain relief mm-hmm. effects with the low level laser but much less nerve repair mm-hmm. but yeah maybe doing it longer would get you there just take a little bit longer yeah high intensity is it yeah so. yeah it, it appears to be you know in the in the few studies like this that are head-to-head the high intensity lasers typically win if they're mm-hmm. set up correctly mm-hmm. um the difficult thing is that we do have in a lot of cases you know differences between the protocols that cannot mm-hmm. be really accounted for in this case they did pretty yeah. darn good mm-hmm. uh, i think it probably about as best as they could yeah there's a little bit of a wavelength difference but it's not that much mm-hmm. you know those those two 860 and 808 nanometers they, they really behave fairly similar mm-hmm. so um, i think this is a good combination does this apply to other conditions potentially Treatments uh, are conditions like uh, tarsal tunnel, mm-hmm. sciatic pain. You know, those are nerve conditions, mononeuropathies that are not too different necessarily from carpal tunnel syndrome. So this may apply elsewhere too. When it comes to tissue repair in general, um, it, it probably does translate over, even though we don't have other studies like this for other conditions. Right. Exciting stuff. It is. It's nice to see that kind of head-to-head. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got questions about laser dosing, if you've got questions about what kind of light therapy device you should be using or purchasing, or um, this is one I field often, uh, well, the laser sales guy told me this. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that really true? Yeah, get a hold of us. We'll be happy to walk you through the process of uh, you know laser device comparison. We actually even have a tool for that on the we website. Do. Totally mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. Um we do, in general, for most clinicians, end up recommending a high-intensity laser, but there's a ton of them out there, and many of them can be effective. Uh, you know, And for some people, LED panels, full-body devices, low-level lasers may be a better fit. So we can talk to you about your particular needs, your clinic model, what you're really going for, and uh, be happy to discuss. All right. Sounds good. You can also email us, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org, or reach us through the website. Otherwise, we'll be back in a couple weeks with some more research that hopefully helps your practice. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.